there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the, follow the money. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the sports betting network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard with you. Over the next three hours, we are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort. And Casino, we are loaded to the gills today. Uh, Coming up this hour, I'll give you uh, my first NFL alternate win total bet that I made yesterday. That's in about 20 minutes. Mickey Sudo is going to be on the show in a half an hour. Yes. How pumped are you for this? Very excited. Nine-time Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Champion. Yep. And uh, did it again on Tuesday. A lot to ask her about coming up at that time. We'll preview the Jets in 45 minutes on top of that. We will begin today some Major League Baseball, Paulie. As uh, so much is going on in this sport, as we get ready for the All-Star break, uh, the last games to be played before the uh, break gets here is on Sunday. And last night, for the first time this year, the Diamondbacks were swept in a three-game series. They've lost four in a row. That is their first four-game losing streak of the entire year. It was the first time they were shut out. They got blanked by Carlos Carrasco, who was in horrendous form. (laughs) Nine-nothing final score. But to top it off, the worst news imaginable was that uh, Corbin Carroll, who was a monstrous favorite to win the National League Rookie of the Year, had to leave the game because he had right shoulder discomfort. Remember, he had a problem with that shoulder uh, in recent weeks as well. Now, it's the same shoulder that he had surgery on a couple of years ago. They did examine him last night quickly, and uh, their team there said that he does have strength in the right shoulder. He should be okay. We'll find out more later on today with the MRI. But I mean, how many times do you see a rookie of the year where he is the odds-on favorite to the point of where books are putting up field bets? It was Corbin Carroll against the field at DraftKings for a good yep. probably week to 10 days, and you could have gobbled up every single other you know, contender in the National League at like 3-1 to one or plus 350, and now DraftKings and every other book I looked at today, rightfully so, they pulled it off the board. They don't know what's going to happen here. Also in the MVP discussion. 
Uh, yes, uh, you're right. And we talked about earlier in the week, this is the time to jump in and bet the Dodgers to win the division. Dodgers aren't even playing well. They're a half game back now. Right. So uh, Arizona leaking oil. you got to be concerned. Maybe he's not out that long, but uh, they're certainly struggling, and it just feels like, okay, the Dodgers are going to win this. And so you saw what happened with that market, with Carroll, and then there was a 35-cent move yesterday on the Dodgers to win the division at DraftKings. They're still like 180, 185, but you're seeing $2, 210 at other spots too on the Dodgers to win the division now. Because also this coincides with a bit of a, a funk that the Giants are in. Right, so. right. Yeah, you could have had the Dodgers at a really good price earlier yeah. in the week. And they should be in first place already. I mean, they couldn't beat Kansas City this past weekend, and, and they lost to the Pirates the other day too. So, Well, I'll give you this too. We had Derek Cardi on the show on Tuesday who has, you know, he runs all the projections. The bat, which is popular in the fantasy world and beyond, um, he gave out on that show on Tuesday, he said Diamondbacks to miss the playoffs, one of his bets. Now today, I'm looking, the no on that is plus 150. That is definitely shifted. And the two teams now, suddenly, they play each other this weekend. Huge, yes. Making a push. Imagine if one... Okay, mm-hmm. so the Mets now, yes to make, is plus 340. Padres, yes, plus 330. Yeah, if someone sweeps there, very interesting. Just even if someone takes two out of three, though, because both teams playing well. So you're still six and a half back, but that's the other thing. The Phillies keep winning. The Reds keep winning. I mean, this this is wild how this is happening. And, and even though the Mets and Padres are playing good ball, they're not really gaining ground because yeah. the Marlins are playing so well. The Phillies are playing so well. Milwaukee is right there now. Uh, although, you know, they lost a couple games to the Cubs. but And then, and then the Reds on this 22-6 and six run, whatever it is what the Reds are doing. So at least these teams have a chance now and they're finally playing up to expectations. But uh, still, oh. they have a lot of work to do. Are but you Are you doing anything in that division? Which one? In the the National, National League Central? Yeah, I was taking Milwaukee, yeah. Milwaukee plus price. Yeah, I just, I, I'd like to I, I, I like to see it, but I don't think the Reds can keep this up. Yeah, neither do I. And I, I was looking last night again to get a refresher on uh, some of the injuries that they have. For example, Hunter Green, who left the game hip soreness a couple weeks back. They're expecting him back maybe early August, best case scenario. And Nick Lodolo probably won't be back until yeah. August as well. Like, I don't understand how the pitching is going to be able to maintain. I, they can't outscore teams like 8-6 every single game. That's going to be unsustainable. Although, they just somehow, some way with Ellie De La Cruz, this is why it's so interesting. Like, if you can, if you shop around today and somehow, some way, you see a National League Rookie of the Year market offered, you have to take some today on Ellie De La Cruz. You just have to on principle alone, even if Corbin's going to be okay. Um, but this is how big it is tonight. I mean, Abbott takes on Burns. Well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but who do you trust more right now between those two pitchers? Abbott. Abbott hasn't had a bad start yet. I kind of agree with he that. He just made a couple mistakes against Colorado when he had a big lead. That's yep. it. Yep. That's all he's done. He's, that, been, he's been untouchable the whole year. It gets dicey, I would say, for both teams after tonight, although Burns has been completely on. I, I, I give up. I give up on him. I've given up on the Brewers. I made the case yesterday. Peralta stinks. He was awesome yesterday, which is okay. I mean, that can happen. But Burns is basically impossible to yeah. figure out this year. Then on Saturday, it's Weaver versus Ray. That's exactly who you want in a pennant race. And then Sunday, it's Lively versus Teheran. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Should be plenty of runs. Should be. Imagine if the Reds sweep them going into the oh, break. Oh, please. They have a five-game lead. Also, the timing them. with the draft that we have with the Blackjack tournament. Huh? This, yeah. This is wild. This is why it's so great, by Derek the way. Derek Stevens agrees with me. I said, absolutely, the Reds are getting drafted. Hmm. Well, what if they get swept? Well, that would that would... That's a wrench. That's a problem. Okay. Um, but, See, this is the beauty of this racket, right? Yeah. I grew up a Brewers fan, and my dad would have 
us like circle a game on the calendar in the, and he had his, his sister lived in Milwaukee. So we'd make like the four hour drive to Milwaukee every summer. And we could circle the week that we wanted to go watch the Brewers host. We do that, do it every single summer. That's, that was my team growing up. Well, now that I have a ticket on the Reds at hundred to one to win this division, sure. I hope the Brewers lose every game for the rest of the year. What do I care? Yeah. You're cooking. You are cooking there. And um, remember, the next six games are head-to-head against each other. I also, yeah. And then I mean, they get three more later on yeah, in the month. Yeah, I'll give you two other ones. you got to take Wheeler and the Phillies. I mean, you have to, the way Sandy's been going, but this is ridiculous. The Phillies have won 12 in a row on the road, and they just swept Tampa? Oh. Come on. And they're not even hitting. Yeah. So here's another team that's going to go in this draft and, and how dangerous this Philly team can be, what they're doing. And then, to me, you have to take this, I don't know if you want the side, but there's going to be runs in this Braves game. Oh, I'm surprised at the total. I can't believe it's eight and a half. Atlanta's on a 25 and five run. They're hitting 307, 74 home runs and scoring almost seven runs per game. Yeah. Is Glass now going to shut him down? No one. You can't shut Atlanta down. No way. And probably a, another run in the first inning in that game too, because it's the Braves, and that's exactly yep. what they do. I believe Tampa home dogs for the first time all year as well. So, um, th- yeah. But these great card tonight. I'll give great you, matchups. Yep. I'll give you another one too, because it happened again yesterday. And the I like what the Rangers did by going out and grabbing Chapman recently. They need to make more moves. They need to make more moves stat. Yeah, here like comes now. Houston. Yeah. Well, that that's, I mean, yeah. this team is in some serious trouble. But also, in terms of in-play wagering, you saw it coming from a mile away yesterday. Avaldi, uh, they were giving him some runs, but he was cracking a little bit throughout that game. And then once they went to the pen, it's like the Red Sox are going to stop scoring. And they eventually turned into a small favorite when it was 5-4. But the Rangers' bullpen is so bad in, in games like that. I think you got to take a peek at, with the in-play on the other team. Yeah, I laid a dollar twenty-five with the Red Sox in-play going against that pen because I thought they were going to explode, and it happened within like 30 seconds. Yeah. I think you should take some Houston and win that division. You might be late, but they're only two back, and Texas struggling now. But uh, Valdez is going to go tomorrow. They pushed him back. You know, who knows? I'm dismissing Seattle. Maybe I Seattle's got a pretty good team. And Castillo goes tonight. Well, remember, so they, I can't say. I guess I can't bury Seattle, but I still think dealing with all these injuries and once they get everyone back and they're healthy, uh, Houston's going to pass Texas and win that division. Or who, never, who knows? Yeah. Maybe Seattle comes up there too, past Texas. But uh, I've been a believer all year, but now still get, get a little bit worried with the Rangers. Well, I think so too. Um, and as I've said over and over and over again, forget about the bullpen for a second. They have to add a starter. Yeah, but you got to get healthy right now. Um, you're taking on the Nationals. The Nationals have lost 14 of their last 15 home games. Yeah, they, they I mean, get a break here great. because that's you got to sweep them. Yeah, that's the that's the you know the set that they get this weekend. And meanwhile, the Astros are getting the Mariners, who yep. can be tricky because they've underachieved pretty much the entire year. But it's a great weekend going into the uh, to the break. A lot of big matchups that we have. Rodon makes his return Rodon for the Yankees. Tonight. He's yep. much needed. You saw what happened to Severino last night. And by the way, to tie it in with the the Rays and their struggles here recently, don't look now. The Orioles are four back. They're four games back of the Rays. Underdogs today in Minnesota. Yeah, I, I don't. Who knows what happens here this weekend? But that number could get trimmed yeah. before the break. And yeah, you've call. asked me now for a while about the Rays in this draft that we're having. I'm not. I'll just fly out. I'll tell you, there's not a chance I'll touch the Rays. Yeah. I don't think if I'm picking 12th in the draft next week, I don't know if the Rays are on the board. I, I might look somewhere else. Yeah. How does Zach Gallon not go over his outs prop tonight too? It is plus money. Zach Gallon won't go seven strong tonight against the Pirates. He had, I mean, he, since he threw all at the last, uh, last two home starts, which he was great in one of them. Um, but remember, he was 10 and 1 with an ERA and whip under one. 
12 star. No one done that said Walter Johnson since 1970. Right. This guy won't go seven strong. You get, you get over 18 and a half outs plus 120 tonight. Pirates played late game last night against the Dodgers. Yeah. So they make that move to Arizona tonight to play that been, game as well. I mean, yeah. he had one bad inning against Tampa. That, that's been that's been it for like 15 starts, his last 15 home starts. Right. And that they touched him up in the second, and that was it. That's all he allowed. But uh, that's also Tampa. They're number one and number two in almost every key offensive category. Yeah, and don't forget, Alec Manoa returns today for the that's Blue right. Jays. I, that's right. They're favored against the Tigers. So that now, but keep in mind, the Blue Jays also played a very lengthy doubleheader yesterday. Oh. The, the first game went oh. to, and you oh, got details on that coming up. But that first game took forever. But by the way, Barrios... I know. Don't look now. His well, numbers Lance have Lynn been too. Yeah, but you're right about Barrios. But that whole game was each team had one hit through seven. Yep. Lance Lynn had a ton of strikeouts, but yeah, Barrios has been awesome. Yeah, somehow he's like got his highest K rate. Like this is the best stretch ever for him striking out batters. Now um, he's in the middle of that as we speak. Up next, win some, lose some, more on a nearly horrific beat in that first game of a doubleheader. And I'll tell you about the first alternate win total bet that I made last night. It pays plus one eighty five. The schedule is absolutely nuts. And as for the talent, yikes. Details coming up here on VSIN. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. 
My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. It's always football season here at VEASAN. We just released our NFL betting guide. Get ahead of the upcoming season. In-depth profiles of every team. Best bets on win totals, futures, and props. Become a subscriber today for as low as $19. Get the newly released betting guide or take advantage of the summer kickoff special. Get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $175. Sign up today. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Paulie, it's an absolute honor and pleasure to welcome in the first guest of today's program. It is now the nine-time Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Champion, Mickey Sudo, who is proudly displaying her belt here via Skype this morning. Congratulations, champ. How do you feel today? Good morning. Thanks for having me. I feel great. I'm coming out. You know, I I don't like for Nathan's week to end. Yeah. Yeah, okay. What have you eaten? Like, what's the most (laughs) amount of food you've eaten since Tuesday? Um, so I, I love fresh fruit. So I was enjoying like peaches and nectarines right from the food carts in New York. Um, probably the first meal that I had was my, my regular kale salad back at home. Okay. So you did mention this after the contest was over with on Tuesday during the post eating interview that you had, and you were mentioning about what played a factor in it. You changed your technique during the competition on Tuesday. Can I just, and you've done this for a long time now, you've won it nine straight and I'll tie in a little bit here with Joey Jaws as well, because he only ate six, I say only 62 like it. And you like, there's no history here of competitive eating, right? Like we all know as NFL fans, like a running back hits a wall at 30 years old. Like that's pretty much it. Eventually a quarterback's not going to be good anymore. At what point does the actual competitive eater like in you, how do you know? Like, uh Oh, I might not be my primate anymore. I, I mean, I alluded to that in my exit interview, right? <laughs> when uh, Renee asked me what happened, I said, you know, maybe I'm just 10 years older than, uh, than I was when I first started. And I say that just jokingly, because when you look at some of the top placements, uh, Joey's a couple years older than me, and he works, he, his body's been through so much. Uh, Jeff Esper is a, is a good deal older than me, and he's still an incredibly strong competitor. So mm-hmm. in terms of age, I don't see that slowing me down anytime soon. It's still fun. I still have a lot to give. Was, were the conditions an issue? Yeah, I mean, the conditions always play a factor, but I, I start to sound like Goldilocks because if it's too hot, then the buns dry out. If it's too cold, then the yeah. hot dogs, you know, tighten up. You know, you do have that sweet spot, but I mean, as a competitor, you just really have to show up ready for anything. And on the guy's side, they just had to work with the weather delay. I mean, that played a factor in their event too, which yeah. uh, if you have Nick on, he can tell you all about it. On the women's side, I, I hate to admit it, I was more distracted by Mayoi beside me. Um, I never focus on my other competitors. And when I do, I know that it's a bad sign. But what's different about what was different about this year is for a decade now, I've been able to study my competition. You have to qualify in order to earn a spot at the final table, right? So I know what people have to, what, what they're bringing. Okay. Um, and even if you have an, an invitation, you, uh, you typically have YouTube content out that would kind of tip me mm. off as to what you can do. I had no clue. I knew she was going to be a threat. I just didn't know how much. And it it was unsettling for me. Yeah. That's why I think you're going to be fine based on what you said, because you just you made that mistake of being distracted and and focusing on her and not focusing on your hot dogs. And next thing you know, we we got a fight here with a minute left. It was honestly, I mean, as a competitor, it's I think it's great. I got to win. 
somebody pushed me, yeah. she'll definitely be pushing me to, because I can tell you, I can guarantee you 40 is not going to be enough to win next year. Um, so mm. it's just going to make the sport better. And I think from a spectator's point of view, how exciting was that? I mean, I knew the outcome and, and it was like a nail biter watching back. Um, but yeah, I never want to be focused on her. And now I know that what she has to offer, she was a fighter from start to finish. And I have such an amount of respect for Mayoi. So think, think about that. Here you were going in eight time defending champ and it was a learning lesson for you which can be great and you can have a takeaway from that right um oh absolutely mm -hmm. and you'll um, never you make know, that mistake again yeah yeah i mean switching my technique back and forth i think what i need to do is i need to take the tougher of the two techniques and just do it better i go back to the basics the years that i did the best i did the most practices and i think i've i've kind of i've rested a lot on my natural ability um because Genetically, some people just have a have advantages, and it's hard for me to pinpoint. Somebody with a, a stronger background in science might be able to to pinpoint this, but I've rested a lot on what I bring naturally to the table, um, and I have probably taken the gas off when it comes to practice. Just going back to the basics, and you know, get it, grabbing Michelle Lesko and doing practices is probably probably going to get my numbers up. Yeah, and as a uh, you know champion and. You're going to have that inner, you know, competitiveness where you never want to lose, and you're going to have a bunch of pride. But how important is it, like, to get pushed, like you were getting pushed on Tuesday, rather than like it's a runaway and you might get bored eight minutes in? Oh, I mean, it was uh, next year. I'm going to have to use that to my advantage. Um, unfortunately, this year, being flushed, I allowed it to fluster me, and I made some really careless mistakes early on. I kind of alluded to this in the exit interview, but I, I swallowed air because I, I was flustered. I I made mistakes on the, the dunking timing. I, I dunked some buns for too long. Some were barely touching water. I, I, the first two minutes were uh, like a trial and error and a lot of mistakes. So next year, instead of being thrown off by my always presence, I'm just going to allow that to, to fuel me. How do you train? Do you like go to Costco with Nick, your fiance, and buy like 500 hot dogs and, and buns? And do people... Uh, not 500 at a time, but uh, they come in bags of 40. Uh, <laughs> yeah. they're, uh, we get them directly from a, yeah, a larger source. But uh, yeah, there, we just grabbed the Nathan's naturally cased competition regulation hot dogs. Uh, buns is close to, uh, well, buns the same gram as what we'll eat on stage. Uh, it's hard to get the exact bun. But uh, yeah, that's, that's one part of my training. And that one, I have to say, I, I, I dropped the ball on that this year. I still did practices, but I don't mm. think I really pushed myself. I only cooked up, say, 40 and I said to myself, like, how quickly can I eat these? Instead of just cooking up 50 and saying, I'm finishing these in 10 minutes. My, my practices were a little bit uh, underwhelming, probably. Um, but that's just one part. The other part is uh, getting my, my endurance levels up in the gym. So I do a lot of cardio uh -huh. so that I can exert all that energy in the New York heat. Um, and then the third part is studying tape, uh, watching, you know, watching where things went wrong and uh, fine tuning my technique. How big are your grocery bills? Honestly, on a regular basis, our, our fridge is incredibly healthy and boring. Like I mentioned, uh -huh. my first big meal, my first normal meal was back to my regular kale salad. Um, so a lot of fresh produce, uh, lean proteins, um, you know, chicken, fruits and vegetables don't cost that much. So. Okay. Well, we used to live in Las Vegas uh, before you yeah. relocated. Would you go to buffets and unleash hell? I mean, I can't imagine. They go, okay, well, no big deal. She comes in. How many plates you put down? I mean, they, pro they probably freak out when they see you coming in. Yeah. Um, so I was still back in college. 
um, when I lived in Summerlin. So I went to the Red Rock Casino back when I want to say breakfast was like literally four ninety nine. Yeah, right. And you can't beat that. No. Um, so yeah. So when I was in college, I went to the Red Rock a lot, and uh, later on, I moved towards Green Valley Ranch. So I went to that station's casino buffet. And I'm so sad that COVID kind of took that away from Vegas. Yes. Um, you know, a lot changed, and I feel like those things. If you didn't, if you didn't get to take advantage of them back then, you missed out. Is this is this your biggest accomplishment? You th- well, I mean, to win nine times, I'm sure that with with the Nathans. But just looking at your resume, is there something else where you're like, I can't believe I did that from an, a competitive eating standpoint? I can't believe you did 13 pints of ice cream in six minutes. Actually, it's 16.5. Oh, 16. Uh, sorry. So over two gallons, which is uh, that's hard to that's hard to even imagine. Uh, but I think my best, my most impressive, um, I guess, accomplishment over the last decade um, is. Um, you know, a little bit cheesy, but so I, I was here for my 10th year, but I only have nine belts because I was 36 weeks pregnant with Max in yeah. 2021. So, I mean, meeting the love of my life, having a baby who's like the best thing in my world, um, all because of competitive eating. And in my, in the year that I didn't get to compete, I got to serve as a guest commentator alongside ESPN's Mike Bullock Jr. So it's just, those are three things like that I never imagined would have happened. So. How did you feel after 109 hard-boiled eggs in eight minutes? I can't even look at a hard-boiled egg. Oh, Yeah, hard-boiled eggs definitely have a, have a weird place in my life now. So that contest was fun. It was a torrential downpour in, uh, I think it was Kentucky. Um, so I was cold. I was full. It was just a weird experience, but so much fun. Um, but also Nick uh, Nick proposed to me after eating uh, a hard, hard-boiled eggs in a short-form <laughs> contest. So it's just hard-boiled eggs have this weird... Um, I can never look at them the same. How about the birthday cake and the turkey that you were at, at Foxwood? So with the, is it, is it, does, how much does the, I mean, you got to have a dr- dr- uh, dry mouth, I would think, with the, uh, if the water could help. Are you dunking the turkey too? No, no. I mean, that was that was another great contest. I, I hope they come back. Uh, I hope we can do that contest again. So uh, yeah, for, if nobody, for people who didn't get to watch, we were served an entire Thanksgiving turkey that was weighed before and after. So it was all done. All of our... Um, you know, wing and rib contests are done like that too. They're done by displacement uh-huh. to make them incredibly fair. Um, I just had a better technique than Joey Chestnut that mm. day. I think because I eat a lot of, I, we break down a lot of chickens in this house. <laughs> so uh, I think I just had a more efficient technique. Very cool. Well, you're a great awesome. sport, uh, an awesome, obviously, uh, athlete and competitor. Congratulations on going here now back to back to back nine times in a row here, winning Nathan's. You did it again on Tuesday. And you can follow Mickey on Twitter or uh, Instagram as well. OMG, it's Mickey on all of them. Uh, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate that. Of course. Thanks for having me. We'll talk again next year. You and got by, it. by the way, like the backdrop here again today. Yes. Look at that. I mean, it's just, it's for those of you in the radio audience, she's holding the current belt and she, you could see six of the other mustard belts behind her. So I can't, I mean, that's how many more, bites of ice cream before you get the headache? Again, she did and the you, math on that. It's yeah. more than two gallons. I can't do a bowl, a bowl yep. one bowl of ice cream. I'm like, I'm done. God. We will preview the New York Jets coming up next here on VSIN. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard. We are live today, downtown Las Vegas, from the Circa Resort and Casino. Starting this hour, talking some Major League Baseball and Kevin Rogers, 
joins the program with Vegas Insider. He has done a great job tracking uh, K-Props throughout the entire year and has some dynamite first five numbers you're going to want to hear about here in a couple of minutes as well. Uh, Kevin, thanks for the time today. How are you? Guys, good to talk to you again. Yep. What really stands out now? We have the Austin, you know, three more games coming up here before the break. What really stands out to you? You've tracked every pitcher, every team the entire year with the K-Props. Like, for example, the guys who are the best overall at striking out pitchers on the year and uh, lead the league in Ks, how have they done with their props? Well, when you look at the top five pitchers in baseball as far as strikeouts, forget about their props, just straight-up numbers. Spencer Strider of the Braves, Kevin Gosman of the Blue Jays, Pablo Lopez of the Twins, Shohei Otani of the Angels, and Mitch Keller of the Pirates. Only two of those guys have been really good with their overs, which is Lopez, who has hit the over in 13 of his 18 starts, and Mitch Keller, same thing, he's 13-5. and five. On his uh, on his K props on the over Shohei Otani for as great as he is his uh, K props really he doesn't hit the over that often I mean it's like 50 50 17 starts nine uh, nine unders eight overs so nothing great with him Spencer Strider it's unfair with him because he has the highest K props all the time it's always eight and a half nine and a half. And to be 10 and 7 is actually pretty impressive for him uh, on that. But uh, as far as those guys go, you know, you don't want to like look for Spencer Strider every night. Be like, oh, he's going to strike out a bunch of guys because they've already moved that number up where there are times he has 9.5 Ks and he ends up with 9 strikeouts, which is a great night, but he still doesn't hit his over. Sure. How about guys on the other side? Verlander is going tonight. I was looking at a lot of his numbers uh, for today's game against uh, Darvish. Um, anything stick out with Justin Verlander? You know, what's so funny, Mitch, is that uh, he has 11 starts this season. He's hit the under nine times in his 11 starts, and his uh, total is actually at five and a half tonight, and it's juiced to the under. But uh, for Justin Verlander, again, he was hurt, remember, uh, early on, and it took him some time to get back. And yeah, he's been a bit up and down. I don't want to say he's been a complete disappointment. He's had some, some okay starts. But for that number to be uh, nine and two to the under, uh, is pretty interesting for him, but also I think on some of those he's been burned on you know five and a half or five strikeouts. So it's not exactly like he's getting one or two strikeouts a game. But it's interesting that a guy like that that he is not hitting his over props. What do you want to do in this Braves Raves game? And you have incredible numbers on Atlanta, but as we know, Atlanta's been a freight train here going back the last thirty games, but they're averaging almost seven runs per game. Uh, what do you have on Atlanta first five during the stretch? And also, what do you want to do with Morton props? Paul, when you look at Atlanta, I mean, just you talk about a machine. It's unbelievable what they've done. Uh, 17, two and four, the last 23 games in the first five innings. And oh. one of those losses, if you remember, Paul, was that Reds game, the Reds that game. opener. Yeah. They were up five, nothing out yeah. of the shoot. And they were up seven, five in the fifth. And then they trailed nine, seven. So that was one of the losses, but seven in the past eight games, they have scored four or more in the first five. They had that four run spot against Cleveland in that second game against Beaver, where they were getting shut down and then exploded in the fifth. And what's funny about Atlanta is the last 11 games, they are nine Oh and two in the first five innings. So they're just uh, unbelievable right now. And you mentioned Charlie Morton also, Paul, 5-0 to the over on his last uh, five strikeout props on the road. And in four of those, he's had seven or more strikeouts. So Charlie Morton on the road has actually been a very good pitcher to back as far as the strikeout uh, props. And he faces a Tampa Bay team that went through a stretch earlier this season with a ton of unders. And now they've kind of 
regressed back a little bit. And, you know, you guys talked about them getting swept by the Phillies, that they're not really at great form right now. So there's probably a good opportunity here for Charlie Morton against Tampa Bay tonight. All right, very good. It's follow the Excellent. money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Kevin Rogers from Vegas Insider. The Brewers have been struggling uh, this year at the plate, striking out specifically against lefties, and they get a good one tonight in Abbott for the Reds. Uh, overall, though, what have you noticed with uh, this team, maybe full gamer for the first five against lefties? You know, the first five, Mitch, for Milwaukee, five, 16, and seven against left handed pitchers uh, in the first five innings. So when you do the math there, what is that? Uh, 28 games, five times they've led after the fifth inning uh, against left-handed pitchers. And actually, it was the other, it was one of the games against the Cubs uh, that they, let me just pull this up really quick. One of the games against, uh, no, it was against Pittsburgh. It was against Rich Hill on Sunday, excuse me. It was that game that the Pirates were up 2 nothing in that one. And the Brewers came back and led three to two. So that was almost another loss for them. But for the most part, though, uh, against Justin Steele the other day, they only scored one run. Uh, they trailed Drew Smiley six nothing out of the shoot uh, in the game. They actually came back and won uh, back a few days ago. They won eight to six. But they just had these problems against left-handed pitchers. And now you get Abbott tonight, who has been a strikeout machine himself and you guys talked about the Reds and, and just what they've done this season but Milwaukee's also playing a little bit better let's see what you get from Corbin Burns tonight he's so hit or miss Burns actually pitched well against the Reds from a strikeout perspective last time uh, that was a game Milwaukee won an extra innings last month but I believe he had seven strikeouts in that game so that should be a pretty interesting game and also Cincinnati off of the sweep of Washington who we know is not great now let's see what they do when they step up in competition. No question. I'm looking right now, by the way, at the teams with the highest K rates against left-handed pitching. The Brewers are still number one overall. They strike out 27.6% of the time against lefties overall. What else today that might be interesting to you with the first five or any like first five pitchers that really jump off the page? You know, one guy, Mitch, that I feel like I, I've been fading this year or noticed this one is Luis Castillo of the Mariners, and they've continued that series in Houston. He's 0-3-3 on the road this year in the first five. So six starts, the Mariners have not led after the first five when Luis Castillo takes the mound, and he's a short dog against Houston uh, this afternoon. I mentioned the Braves a little bit earlier as far as when we talked about the Braves. As far as their run, they are not the hottest team in baseball in the first five, which is amazing. They're 9-0-2. They're not the hottest team. Guess who is? The New York Mets, 12 straight games they have not trailed after the first five wow. innings. So, yeah, so the Mets got the sweep in Arizona. They are playing well right now. I know they dug themselves that big hole, but they are playing well, at least at the moment. They have this big series uh, with the Padres this weekend. We'll see what uh, Verlander can do. And also, one more note, guys. I want to go back to the Mets. Carlos Carrasco now 6-1-1 one and one in the first five in his last eight starts. Oh, so okay. he actually has not been that bad uh, halfway through the game, but also even Alec Manoa, who gets the start for Toronto tonight. We know he's been shelled this whole season. He's won seven and five in the first five innings this year. So once they've led in 13 starts, but the only time they led came against the Tigers back earlier in the season and they're in Detroit tonight. I don't yeah. know if that means anything, but we'll see if he gets back on track. I did notice that the Tigers team total today is three and a half at some shops. It's like minus 145 earlier this morning. That's interesting because also don't forget the Blue Jays played and that lengthy doubleheader yesterday in the bullpen could be absolutely taxed. I'm also looking at what you have the Phillies at 18-5-4 in their last 27 games. That's for the first five? 
Yep. Yeah, they have been unbelievable. And look, this is wow. not an accident. I mean, you went you, you went twelve straight road games. I mean, that that's not an accident at all. I mean, they've been playing so well, and they got up that really rough start out of the gate. Remember, they got blown out at Texas, and they didn't play well against the Yankees. And he kind of said, "Oh, well, maybe the Phillies, you know, maybe that last year's run of the World Series was a bit of a sham." But, uh, you know, for the most part in this run, the Phillies have been on in the first five innings. Remember, they had that 19 run output against the Nationals last weekend. You know, a couple of the games, they got shut out in one game by the A's, one nothing. But they ended up winning that game in extra innings. They lost another one to the Nationals. They were down 2-1. to one. But you know, they've been scoring runs, uh, the Phillies. And their pitching has turned it around, which has been big because you have – Aaron Nola is a quality pitcher. Zach Wheeler is a quality pitcher. Taiwan Walker actually has pitched well of late too yep. for the Phillies. And now they're, they're getting it together. And that race in the East, it, it kind of stinks that Atlanta has really jumped out of the pack because the Marlins have played well. The Phillies have played well. The Mets are playing a little bit better now, but it feels like no one's going to catch Atlanta, but Philadelphia though, they have put themselves in a nice spot. And when you jump out early, at least you don't have to worry about your bullpen. If you get these leads and that's what the Phillies have done. Yeah, and it's no mistake, by the way. So the most amount of Ks overall on the year by team. Minnesota, 487. KC, 485. Those two teams, the opposing pitchers are also like 48, 37, and 5 to the over against Minnesota. KC is 47 and 40 when opposing pitchers take on the Royals lineup. That's no accident either. No, it's not. And what's funny about Minnesota is just on the flip side, early on, their pitchers were getting a lot of overs uh, to begin the season, you know, with with Lopez and with uh, Joe Ryan, those guys were were doing really well, but the offense, they just, they just swing away. And actually of late, it's been kind of up and down for Minnesota that they've had a lot of over unders that have kind of gone like each other game. So they really haven't been that much of an over machine of late, but uh, also one other I guess, positive note on the twins going to a first five, they've now had six straight that they have led after the first five innings and their pitching is turning it around of late. So now Minnesota's playing a little bit better, but those numbers, they just came out of the gate with a bunch of strikeouts. And now because they just had so many early, it feels like that they're a team that you have to keep an eye out for, but really of late, it's just been really up and down with them. So I wouldn't go automatically going over on a pitcher that's facing the Twins because now those numbers have kind of leveled off a little bit. Very cool. Great numbers. Kevin Rogers, Vegas Insider. Follow him on Twitter. He is at VI Rogers. Thanks, pal. We appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. Mitch, Paul, thank you so much as always. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. So thank he you. mentions that uh, that Morton might be worth a look tonight. The, the way that he's been going on the road lately. Wheeler again, 4-1 over his K-Prop last five and he pointed out that Justin Verlander is 9-2 under on the year, but his numbers are coming really close. So you might want to tread lightly with something like that. How about the Braves? 17-2-4, first five, and one of the losers was 5 nothing in the first? Yep. My yep. God. Up next, we had some uh, pretty significant news in Major League Baseball late last night. We'll tie it in by asking about a prop number for midseason awards next year on VEASAN. menu is always a DraftKings Summer League tonight. UFC card this weekend. Golf, great MLB card. Download the app today. 
New customers can bet $5, get $150 in bonuses instantly. Use promo code VEASAN when you sign up. DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Full terms and conditions. UFC 290 is set for tomorrow. It's a doozy of a card. And Jordan Sherwood does a great job with MMA. Uh, Fat Jack Sports co-host of the unnamed MMA podcast at ESPN in Chicago. Jordan, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Before the break, I was uh, pointing out that it's Robbie Lawler's last fight ever. And this guy, I mean, his fight with McDonald is going to go into the Hall of Fame this weekend. He's a fan favorite. He's a legend. Every fight is tremendous for the most part. And this one with Nico Price, again, has bloodbath written all over it. So that said, do you have an approach here to betting it, or are you just going to sit back and enjoy it? I I think probably sitting back and enjoying it. I'm not seeing a lot of value on either side. And the reason is because as much as I'd love for it to be a storybook ending for for Robbie Lawler to go out with a victory in uh, in his last fight, I mean, he's lost five of his last uh, six fights. Uh, You know, he's been finishing in two of those five losses, the last one against Brian Barberena. Uh, and Nico Price is, is a high-volume striker, an unorthodox striker uh, that's got good cardio. And Robbie Lawler at least got his success with being able to kind of go into those firefights, outlast his opponent, and then finish him. He just doesn't have that cardio or that chin anymore. The one thing I worry about if you say, okay, I like Nico Price, he's going to win the fight, is Nico Price is kind of you know, a fun guy. He respects Robbie Lawler. And he's been in fights before where he could have probably finished opponents but he chose not to. He, he chose to, to kind of like take it easy. And I, and I cite the Donald Cowboy Cerrone fight that ended up being a, a split draw uh, that he should have went out there and finished him. So uh, I think if you need to play this fight, you obviously pick Nickel, Nickel Price. You put him into it, your parlay. But it's most likely, yeah, sit back and relax, enjoy, have, have an old-fashioned, and, and just reflect back on Robbie Lawler and the fantastic career he had. All right, you're getting very creative here with what you want to do in the main event. Volkanovski, 25-2. and two. Uh, record he's 350 uh, favorite and and how, what do you, how do you want to attack the main event with the favorite and also with the round prop yeah absolutely yeah look I think Volkanovski is going to prove once again he's one of the greatest 145ers we've ever seen maybe the best we've ever seen uh, and just his all-around game is going to cause some issues for Yair Rodriguez in particular the power uh, and the wrestling I mean Yair Rodriguez deserves to be here he's a very good challenger He'll present uh, body kicks and head kicks uh, a little bit differently than Volkanovski's ever been used to. But the value here is Volkanovski in the later rounds. And I've seen lately trending, you're able to get to these big-time favorites at good value, even at plus money, if you say they're going to win the fight and couple it with fight starts round four, fight starts round five. And if you look at it, Volkanovski via decision is slightly at plus money, but you could also you know, uh, uh, you know, know, couple that with Start round four, start round five, and do well. Because I think Volkanovski wins a fight, but I think Yair Rodriguez is tough enough, is game enough uh, to, to, to not be finished. He's a guy that, that's had a, a lot of firefights himself, okay. hasn't been finished, and I don't see it happening. Volkanovski gets his hand raised, but via decision. All right, very good. Now, how about Bo Nickel, the biggest f- uh, favorite in UFC history? He's as high as 2,500. The under, a round and a half, under minus $4. I mean, is there any chance... His opponent can survive the first round because nickel by submission in round two is nine to one. I mean, look, he, he, he's, he's a regional champion, the, the, his opponent. And, and look, you know, credit to him taking this fight on short notice. He looks to be in shape. But I've heard from from 
reliable sources. He struggles with takedowns. Mm-hmm. Bo Nichols, an All-American NCAA wrestling champion. Uh, he's been spoon-fed these type of opponents to build up his resume. I mean, look, there's a reason why he's on the main card and Robbie Lawler is not uh, because they want people to pay attention to, to Bo Nichols. So you got to get creative. And look, even submission round one win is not good value. So I, I think you really got to get creative and find like Bo Nickel in the first minute, first two minutes of the fight to win. Uh, I think he's not going to mess around with the feet. He's going to look to take this fight immediately to the ground uh, and, and get his opponent out of there. Uh, it's it's your prototypical squash match, as we used to see in the WWF. I like to joke, but that's that's what we have here. Bo Nickel is going to get a takedown early uh, and finish the fight, and I think he will in the first couple of minutes of the fight. Wow, man. Okay, so get creative there, Paul. That's going to be like the uh, goal in the first period yes. in the NHL or uh, first attempt prop in NCAA. Can you find that in a lot of spots? Like, what, I, I, what, I think you can. Yeah, I think you can, like at Bet Rivers and FanDuel and stuff like that. It usually doesn't come out till day of the fights or, uh, you know, weigh-ins, maybe, you know, today, later this afternoon. But, yeah, you can find it, uh, you know, and they add value to it to play it because it likely doesn't happen. But in this particular case, Bo Nickel is that special an opponent. Uh, this is a guy that's going to you know, feed right into his strengths. So that's why I think you got to play it. So do you have any interest at all in like, because our producer Luke brought this up before the show and he loves betting the UFC. He loves his sport. He was intrigued by uh, nine to one on Nickel by sub in the second round. But you're thinking this guy, his opponent has basically has no chance to get out of the first round. I don't think so. Again, I've heard that he struggles with takedown defense uh, and he's also taking this fight on, you know, four days notice. So like he hasn't hasn't been preparing his takedown defense for a typical fight week camp, you know, six to eight weeks. So, yeah, I I don't like that uh, play. But, hey, you know, it's as you were just saying, something to cheer for, something to look forward to if you think he could survive. But I don't think he does. DK has it. He's plus 275 to win in the first minute. He's plus 330 to win between uh, you know two minutes into the fight. Yeah, okay. there you go. I think. Look, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a feeling out process thirty seconds into the fight, Mike, uh, and then yeah, that second minute is is value. Maybe I'll play that. It's All right. One. What do you think of Turner uh, in his fight? Turner, uh, two fifty in that range against Hooker. Yeah, I, look, I think Jalen Turner gained a lot of credit with his last loss. He was supposed to fight Dan Hooker. Hooker had to pull out. Martiz Gamrot won the fight via split decision. I think Jalen Turner learned a lot from that fight. Dan Hooker's chin is gone. Look, he's been in firefights himself, but he's not the same fighter as he once was. And he's a guy who gets touched up. And Jalen Turner's so unorthodox, so long, so lean uh, and powerful for the lightweight division. I think that the value is Jalen Turner's going to win this fight because he's been, he's been now preparing, what, 16 weeks for Dan Hooker, and he's going to touch his chin at some point. So Turner uh, to win via TKO or KO uh, at plus money, I think, is the play. Dan Hooker's just not the same fighter, despite the fact, look, he's training side-by-side with Volkanovski. That certainly helps an opponent leading in, but I think Jalen Turner is special. He's a tough fighter to prepare for it, lightweight, and uh, he's going to knock out Dan Hooker at some point in the fight. All right. How about another flyweight title bout? Uh, Brandon Moreno is fighting. He's laying uh, in the neighborhood of $1.95. The round prop here is four and a half. Do you expect this fight to go to the cards? I, I, I think we likely will, just because, again, Moreno's favored. Uh, he, he's, he, he's really come up since the last time that they fought, which is several years ago. And, you know, finally Moreno getting uh, past Devison Figueredo. He's got the wrestling. He's got the scrambling ability to not be too, too threatened by Pantoja's submissions. But here's the thing. I mean, Pantoja is a killer and he walks right forward to people, gets into the fire. He's got power. Uh, so I think my I'm, I'm going to play a small play in Pantoja just because I think he might be Moreno's boogeyman. Already two wins over him during their career. But I think probably the smarter play is a live bet this fight. See what the first round looks like. 
Who's establishing what? Is Moreno establishing his jab, which is going to be the better of the two on the stand-up? And then maybe Moreno, you play him into the later rounds. Because as I think as the fight goes, it favors Moreno. If this gets into the championship rounds, I think Moreno will get his hand raised. All right. Overall, top to bottom, how do you grade the card going into it? Solid? Yeah, it, it's, 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 it's a great card. I mean, International Fight Week is always a, a solid one. I mean, we didn't even talk about DDP and Robert Whitaker, you know, a middleweight title eliminator fight that's going to be bonkers uh, for as long as that fight goes. Uh, and obviously, we talked about some of the other fights on the card, and it's, I think, 14 fights. So we're, we're in for a doozy on Saturday night. But again, I think you've got to find value on those heavy favorites. So Bo Nickel in the first two minutes of the fight, Volkanovski to win, and round four to start. Kind of my recommendations, my favorite plays for tomorrow. Great job. Good to talk to you again. Enjoy your summer. All right, fellas. Talk to you soon. Well done. This is crazy. I mean, this is so nickel is minus two dollars to submit him in round one. So everyone you talk to, just the guy's a tomato can, you'll take him down immediately and submit him. But still, you're looking that's two dollars, but him the win's twenty five hundred. And 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 in his previous three fights, it's been, you know, what what did Luke's like you say, Luke? Like one, two minute, two minutes in, he takes the guy down, submits him, and that's it. But then you well, look at 40s it. 40s rest, and I mean, you're, right. not hear, you're not hearing a, a positive word spoken no. about the other guy. But then if the, the, somehow he survives the first round, and he takes him out immediately in round two, or at any point in round two, that's nine to one. But it just figures this guy won't even last three minutes against him. Um, and then you, you can do the first 90, the first, yeah, the first minute is plus 275. And then plus 330 if a guy lasts two minutes. But this... My God! By the way, you can follow Jordan on Twitter. He is uh, at Woodon ESPN 1000. And again, the podcast is called the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Jordan Sherwood was our guest out uh, breaking down the, all the fights there here moments ago. Um, I, I, I just the prelims alone. When they had to put Robbie Lawler on the prelims, you got You got to pay attention to that fight. The the guys. I mean, again, he he had a great breakdown of that fight. Probably don't want to bet him. Not in great form. Last fight ever. Maybe he goes out a hero here. But in terms of overall entertainment, you get your money's worth every single time, and he's on the prelims for this guy. So um, it's followed the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We'll discuss some uh, alt totals in the NFL coming up next, and we'll kick around the discussion of what's more likely to happen for these teams to maybe go over at a nice plus price or to go under as they so often come in this way in the NFL. That's coming up next year on VSIN. This is Follow the Money on VSIN. Great odds boost and promos always at DraftKings. Get the app today. New customers can bet $5, get $150 in bonuses instantly. Use promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Full terms and conditions. Get up there. A preview of the New York Jets here. Dan Leberfeld joins the program. Jets Confidential Magazine. He's on Twitter at Jets Whispers. Dan, thanks for the time today. How you doing? There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. 
$20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money, spelled K-A-L-S-H-I, and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance, and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I believe he's from Minnesota, but he sounds like he's from Brooklyn. Oh, uh, yeah, he's yes, that's correct. He is from Minnesota. Uh, he's got the fake New York accent, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm from his the neighboring state of Wisconsin. So I've watched Aaron Rodgers like everybody has, you know, for the last 15 years. Um, and I could buy into both sides of the argument here with him this year. Although I want to remind people, for those who think that last year was like the true Rodgers that we're going to get for the rest of his career, no matter how long he plays, I will remind people that he was not good um, a, a couple of years ago. This was before the pandemic year when they went on and drafted Jordan Love. He came back and said, okay, you're going to draft my replacement, well, then watch this. And then he went on to win two consecutive MVPs, and he was incredible before falling off a little bit last year. Which side of the fence are you on? Are you expecting a big year this year from Rodgers? Yes, I am. I think that one of the things that uh, clearly hurt Rodgers and the Packers last year was the fact that Rodgers didn't participate in the off-season workout program aside from the mandatory minicamp. And with those two draft picks that they had at receiver who didn't come from Power 5 conferences, so they probably needed even more work, uh, he didn't get to work with them in the off-season. And you saw right out of the gate that offense – uh, was not a well-oiled machine, and it probably hurt that he missed the offseason. He was so 
into the Jets offseason program, aside from the couple of practices he missed when he tweaked his calf. I mean, he was out there working with Garrett Wilson and, and all the other targets and really getting on the same page. So I think that is a huge factor as far as all the work he did after the trade in the offseason program. Okay, very good. Uh, I'm looking overall. Uh, I ran down all of the uh, unit rankings, and I use Pro Football Focus in their numbers. So it's one site. I get it. So it's not the be-all, end-all. But they ranked as a group the Jets wide receivers 20th overall. And I scratched my head. I'm like, well, wait a second here. Garrett Wilson kind of exploded as a rookie. I mean, he was the rookie of the year, after all. And he did it with those quarterbacks. And now he gets to work with Rodgers. And they brought in Lazard, who obviously knows Rodgers very well. To me, I think the, the wide receivers are much better than 20th. What say you? Yeah, I don't understand those kind of rankings. I mean, we're talking about something that is is kind of new here, aside from Lazard. Obviously, Cobb came in as well, but I don't know how they rank things when you're trying to figure out how a new quarterback's going to fit in with a new team and a lot of new targets in a new city. So that stuff is is kind of out there. But uh, yeah, uh, I think he and Garrett Wilson are going to be prolific. You're watching in the spring, they're already. Uh, in a groove. Uh, Garrett Wilson is such a unique talent. You know, he's one of those five-star receivers that came out of high school that lived up to being a five-star receiver. Just speed, quickness, uh, amazing short area, uh, uh, transitional quickness to cut away from defensive backs consistently, good hands, very hard worker. I mean, this guy had 83 catches last year with a revolving door at quarterback. Can you imagine what he's going to do with Rodgers? So I I don't think there'll be any issues when you look at Wilson and then Lazard, who obviously has that chemistry built in with Rodgers. What do you think of the offensive line if they can hold up and protect Rodgers? Well, the key is that it is uh, obviously – Makai Becton staying healthy and also buying into playing right tackle. He is clearly not happy with it. And he's complained a little bit on social media in the spring about it, but they have Dwayne Brown, the longtime NFL veteran played for Seattle and Houston and the jets last year has only played left tackle. You can ask a guy at 37 to move to right, the right side. So Makai Becton could be a very good right tackle, but is his heart into it. But you know what? He really doesn't have a choice but to play great this year because he's in a contract year. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So he can mope about it, but the only one he's going to hurt is himself if he doesn't stay out there and play great. So I think in the interior has got a lot of talent. So I think the line is going to be fine as long as Becton stays healthy and buys into the right tackle position. What's your biggest concern for this team? The biggest concern is on defense. I think people are overrating what they did last year. Yes, they were much better than the year before. But the year before, they were historically bad. They could only go up. And during that six-game losing streak at the end of the season, they couldn't stop the run. And one of the problems is they like to go with those smaller, quicker defensive linemen, which is great if the linemen beat the uh, offensive guards and and you know, and centers in, on the interior defensive tackle. I'm talking about with the quickness, but if they don't, they get Velcro to blocks and the jets gave up a lot of big runs up the middle, right at their defensive tackle. So they did sign Al Woods, the massive nose tackle from Seattle to help out there. So they need to stop the run better. They also need to cover tight ends better. You know, this, this AFC East all of a sudden mm. has become a very good tight end division, you know, with Kincaid and Knox and Buffalo and Gesicki 
uh, and Hunter Henry in New England just need to cover tight ends better and stop the run better. Those are two things to keep an eye on. Very good. Interesting. I would have thought uh, you thought the issues were going to be with the O-line. Uh, so 12 years without making the playoffs, the win total is nine and a half. Do the Jets make the playoffs? Uh, you know, obviously the division is going to be very challenging. However, we all know last year, everybody said the NFC West was going to be a, a juggernaut uh-huh. right, right. with all those quarterbacks, and it, w- it was a disaster. So you just don't know. You say on paper it looks great, but who knows what's going to happen in this division. Yeah, I do. I think Rodgers is highly motivated. Watching him uh, spin it in the spring on the practice field, he looks like he's still got it. Uh, he wants to prove the Packers wrong, and he also wants to uh, rebound from last year, which was kind of an embarrassing season for him, going 8-9 and yeah. with the Packers last year. So I think they make the playoffs, yeah. What happens to like his status as a quarterback in that area and has followed the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network? Our guest, Dan Leberfeld, covers the Jets for Jets Confidential Magazine. Like th- This team, as Paul just said, I mean, they're not, they're not a playoff team on a perennial basis. I mean, getting back to the Super Bowl, every time we bring that up, people from that area, Dan, they laugh at us and say, come on, I've been a lifelong Jets fan. It's not going to happen. Where does where does Rodgers go in terms of overall status in that area as, a, as an athlete, as a sports figure, if he were, were to lead this team just to a Super Bowl appearance? It would be huge. But you know what? You know, a big angle you hear about is how Rodgers deal with this market. This market is very overrated as, as far as toughness. I mean, it really is not. I mean, I think he'll, he'll, uh, to, to answer your question, it'll, it'll be amazing for him and, you know, and all the marketing opportunities and he'll be the toast of the town and all that. But it's not as tough as people think it is. First of all, it's spread out. You know, you got the baseball going on at the same time. It's not like Green Bay where everything's focused on one team. There's the interest is spread around here. And I, you know, I'm in these press conferences with the Jets. I don't, see it as such a tough market. The questions aren't that tough. So this idea about handling the market, I think he'll handle the market fine. And I think I go back to your question. If he, if he does great and they go to the playoffs and all that, he'll be Mm -hmm. the toast of the town for sure. Dan, like 90 seconds left here. Um, If you told the team that they were going to be three and three facing that gauntlet going into the bye week would they sign up for that? I think so. Yeah. That's a great point about the opening part of the schedule. The league office did them no favors. You know, when you have a new quarterback and a lot of new pieces, the last thing you want is the toughest part of your schedule at the beginning. Yeah. So I would say a three to three and getting on the same page. And then maybe they can go on a roll after that, after the tough part of the schedule. Great job, Dan. Thanks for a few minutes. Good luck. Anytime guys have a good one. Very good. How about that answer? The defense. Now, they did five of the seven wins were against backup quarterbacks. Yeah, they year. got fortunate there for but sure. But that was wow. Yeah, I mean, okay, so. I, I would have to say, if you ask me, why without it just go sideways, it would be O line issues or it just Hackett doesn't work out with Hackett. Well, I think that can absolutely be yeah, right. one of the things. But also, again, I, I will bring this up uh, because Pro Football Focus, they have a lot of content, right? And they do sit there and they watch and they grade every single player of every single team. I don't. I think the receivers are better than twentieth. I mean, oh, I, I totally did. Dan. I mean, I think that's way well, too that, low. That's music to my ears with what he said about Wilson. I yeah, mean, exactly I'm told, right. I, he has a monster yard. So they also, but they rank the defensive line fourteenth overall and linebackers nineteenth. So the mm. secondary is number one according to the rankings. That would make sense. They were so good last year and sauce the beginning of an amazing career. The way it appears, but so their base. It's kind of like Denver's defense. Then their secondary is absolutely elite, but the other parts are like ah, I'm not so sure about it. Yeah. 
Maybe they're an over team. I mean, with those weapons and now the huge upgrade at the quarterback position and you get Hall healthy, I mean, that could be too, but... Uh, yeah, What a game out of the gates. Yeah. Oh, huge Monday night. That's awesome. That, that's such a great job by the NFL putting yep. that game on Monday night. After all of this, we can't wait for football to come back like every single year. And we get the Thursday night game all day Sunday. And then, oh yeah, by the way, one more week one game on Monday night, Jets-Bills. I like the Jets, by the way, to win the game. Uh, In-pocket plays, what we're betting today and, and for, uh, moving forward, coming up next year. And follow the money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to CallShe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.